Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone. We are back with Streaming in Place, and we are here uh, for ep- season one, episode eight of Lucifer, A2 Doctor. And Allison, welcome back. We're glad you can join us again. Today. Thank you. Do you hear the lack of construction? Because it's all I can hear. It's, it's thrilling. Uh, heaven. It's great. I couldn't, it just, if you had put it, if someone was writing like their coronavirus episode of TV and they had put in that there was construction going on on the apartment directly above the protagonist, I would have thought it was way too on the nose. Literally all day (laughs) yesterday, they were resurfacing the floors and doing something with the plumbing. So there was a constant like, all day and then banging on pipes. Like I really... We've been very nice to them, so they definitely weren't doing it to fuck with us. It was just, it was absurd. Anyway, I'm very, I'm very happy to be here now, but I'm really bummed that I missed talking about the last episode because I loved that one. Well, did you have any thoughts? Um, I just, I don't know how I didn't see the inevitable brotherly team up coming, but I didn't. And then I definitely didn't see the twist at the end coming. Um, which I thought was really great and very effective. So some of it was maybe a little bit heavy handed, but I thought it was um, a great continuation of the wing storyline and on and made like every other storyline that much more interesting. So big thumbs up from me. Okay. Well, uh, this week, uh, this episode, today, today's episode, um, we have more of Dr. Linda, which I, of course, you guys know I love. Still no Trixie, which tears. But I feel like I, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I don't really remember the Trixie content throughout the season, how it like shakes out. But I feel like the more Palmetto we get, the less Trixie we're going to get just tonally. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, until they want to juxtapose things with with Dan and Trixie, maybe. But um but I, but I really enjoyed this one, and I'm glad it, it lived up to my memory of it. Um, it's still not my favorite of the season. I think that's still um, episode six. But I, I like this one quite a bit, and I'm going to throw it to you, Noel. You were very excited about the guest cast. So yes. how did Al Madrigal and Jim Rash like hold up for you? So I think Al Madrigal does a really good job um, as the... Oh, wait, it's not Jim Rash. So it has to be Al Madrigal. Um <laughs> person and i think it's actually a really good turn i haven't seen magical in anything in a while and i know this was like from 2016 so but it was still like nice to see his face and i think his confrontation scene at the grief grief group is really well done and i think he's very very good in it mostly i feel really bad that jim rash just had that one like horrible horrible scene on Clearly, they lost a location day of we're going to film all this in very tight close ups to kind of cheat our really ringer level esque bad screen rear projections. Because <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's very bad. It's aggressively bad. And I just have to assume that they lost a location for that for that day of shooting because it's it's rough. But I did just keep going if keep thinking that if they had either had the location or had the budget for a proper location, then that scene would have probably worked a lot better. But the way that it's shot edited, everything gets kind of lost a little bit um, in the cinematography and in the editing. So I was disappointed by the lack of Jim Rash. So I just, I, I need Richard Kester to just come back for some reason. 
to give us more. Um, and I hope that happens. I hope that happens very soon. I hope he becomes Dr. Linda's new patient and he and Lucifer just pass, pass, pass each other in the waiting room. And that's how I feel about the guest cast. <laughs> do, do, you, do you want me to tell you? No, don't tell me. Okay, because I'm going to tell you because he doesn't. So, like, let's, oh. let's, let, you, let's oh. let that down. Just, why, why, why are you preventing a bit from happening in which I do X number of episodes since Jim Rash? Yeah. I'm sure I'll be back next week. Next <laughs> next week's the one. Yeah. If you had told me well, the first time I was watching this season that there would be more references to the Britneys than, you know, Oscar winner Jim Rash, right? Or nominee winner, right? Didn't they win? I think he won, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you, Marcus. Winner, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would have been very surprised. Uh, so, so what did you think of that scene, Allison? Um, you know, it. I I also figured that they must have just blown their production budget on um, the amazing house of uh, religious iconography auctions. Um, yeah, <laughs> and like, and the wings budget, whatever. Um, they spent their money elsewhere, and that's fine. I just sort of I expect on tv that occasionally i mean we're also legends of tomorrow devotees right like yeah. <laughs> i'm okay with a crappy visual effect um now and then and i thought that that it was a particularly interesting example of lucifer doing the right thing accidentally or for the wrong reasons or sometimes both um where it's like somehow his intentions and his selfishness which would seem to sort of be in conflict with everything else they all kind of managed to come together maybe because it's all honesty or whatever the case it um it was an interesting scene it was well acted i will say that i think uh poor l magical was at a disadvantage um because when he was you know being helpful to the grieving widow i was like oh he's the killer okay great let's do this um get yep bring in her water got it done he he definitely did it he is too famous for this to not be that he is the killer he's either the killer or the red herring and he's not the red herring so i guess he's the killer um but yeah i thought good good guest cast mm-hmm yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, it, like, and it, it, as soon as he's dubbed, t- was a tissues boy or whatever. Tissues boy, yeah, yeah. I liked <laughs> the the scene with Jim Rash. Uh, like, just the notion of Lucifer, uh, intervening and and saving someone, uh, from from that choice by accident. Like, and again, it's just back to that he just really doesn't care. Um, he's like, he's like, I, you're gonna help me. You're not helping. Well, I mean fine i guess it doesn't have to it is about me always it's always about me <laughs> um and if you, i guess if you're not gonna you know jump that's fine uh you can go back down i don't care it's your call uh, I, I think they played that really well and it was delightful and uh, you know this is an episode i think that for many might push it too far in in this vein but i i am here for lucifer walks to the edge of making any sort of insight and then just hard right just um, yeah just backs right away from it um while the everybody else in his circle is just like is just in, enjoying how oblivious he is the way that chloe does in this the way that dr linda does in this so mm-hmm. yeah that i i i'm here for that i'm a sucker for that you know what that reminded me of is um the scene in 
Oh, I guess it's season two of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where Rebecca's mom has convinced Josh that the thing he needs to do is propose. And she's in the middle of a therapy session with Dr. Copian, like inching up toward a breakthrough. And you can see Dr. Copian being like, yes, yes, come on, you can do it. And then um, Josh rushes in and ruins everything. It was like that. It was The turn was that abrupt and you could sort of feel... Um, like, a, at least I felt like there would be a collective, like, ah, oh, darn, across the viewership. It was really fun. Yeah. Uh, well, what do we think of the Dr. Linda stuff? Loved it. Loved yeah, it. it's really, it's really good. And again, getting to see these characters interact with w- different pairs, basically, I think is really important to kind of creating a really good ensemble because they have a good ensemble but then turning it into an actual ensemble as opposed to people who rotate around tom ellis um i think is really smart and like this the slow easing of that i think has also been generally pretty effective um and it's also just really good that rachel harris and lauren german immediately sort of hit it off in terms of like a chemistry level considering they haven't seen each other like acted opposite each other i think since the pilot and i think that the ways in which they immediately feel connected is a a testament to them and be a testament to Tom Ellis getting out of the way almost and really knowing how to play that sort of, no, I expected you to be on my side. I'm going to go sulk now. (laughs) And the ways in which Ellis helps to facilitate that and become a supporting actor in those scenes as opposed to being the focal point, I think is a good, is a sign of a good actor and a sign of also just someone who knows that this is something that needs to really develop to help, Oh, the overall show, but also to help his character. So I think that there's a lot of good stuff here. And I think that the Linda stuff also kind of helps keep the rest of the episode afloat for me. One of the things I kind of struggle with with this episode is the fact that I really love when cases of the week directly sort of mirror whatever is happening with like the personal serialized drama of a procedural. Like it's sort of like my favorite thing that procedurals do. And I, um, whatchamacallit, I, um, this episode doesn't do, like, a great job of dramatizing that for me. Like, I just, it feels a little squishy. Um, the through lines there, it just never feels quite solid enough for me to, like, fully engage in the case of the week as a mirror for what's happening. But I think that every, I think that Linda and Chloe sort of, like, loosely bonding over all the all these like eye rolling over lucifer shenanigans helps keep me engaged and interesting even if the case of the week is really kind of flat and yes no linda's decision to stop the arrangement with lucifer which is something we should dive into a bit um that marcus mentions is also really really good and i'm very excited to see how that pivots everything yeah and i like when it comes and I like that it is very much driven by her increasing exposure to to him, her her like growing interest in him as a patient, um, and his breakthrough, and also interacting with other people in his life, and like her scene with Chloe, I think is a big part of that. Her scene with Maze is a big part of that. Um, but it, it very much comes from her, which I think is very important, and not from like some oh I've crossed some line and this other thing and like being confronted, just like just self realization and and an awareness that we i think 
and appreciate her for. So yeah, I think that they handled that well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I love that they're writing her as someone who's incredibly self-aware. Like the moment when Chloe says, oh, well, I thought you were sleeping with him. And she goes, oh, I am. And then her realization just sort of that it's based in honesty and that she's not ashamed of it as much as knows, like she doesn't view it as a moral failing mm-hmm. um, and doesn't view, view it as abusive, which in this case, it's not. I think we can all agree that it's not right. This is certainly the better decision for both of them, but um, but it's not an abusive relationship the way that a psychiatrist sleeping with a patient would be in many other circumstances. But it it's just it's motivated by sort of saying it out loud and not being ashamed of it, but also recognizing that it's wrong and that it's the wrong thing for the patient. Yeah. Um, and that if what she's interested in is helping Lucifer, which she is very clearly, um, then this is the right thing to do. It was just two women who are very good at their jobs having this moment of mutual respect and appreciation and having that be what motivates her to make this change, I thought was really great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, again, it's like the pacing for the season. It's a good point in the season to do that, right? And having, similarly, having Lucifer just like connect the Dr. Kanan thing here. I, I That's another thing I appreciate. It's like, oh, we're not going to stretch this out? Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, fellow humans. I've chosen for my human name, Dr. Kanan. No <laughs> one will get this reference. I am subtle. <laughs> Um, well, let's talk about the other big twist and reveal, or a part of the episode, it's all the Palmetto stuff, and we get uh, uh, Rankin, right, just being big <laughs> and and super fun, uh, but I could see how maybe if, if you prefer the subtler corners of the show, this might not be for you. <laughs> um, how did you guys feel about, about that part of like how things are developing and just the decision to just go big? Well, I sort of appreciate, I mean, I like a mustache twisting villain in general. Um, so I sort of appreciated the attempt to misdirect while also just embracing that no one was going to buy it really. Um, I will also say I was totally bamboozled by the big reveal at the end of the episode while my partner, Tom, who I was watching with, maybe five minutes into this episode was like, oh, well, it's obviously her husband. I was like, no, it's too early. That's the father of her kid. They're not going to do a revelation like that near the end of the first season. That's season two material. No way are they going to. And then he was totally right. And obviously, I think there are a bunch of things we don't know and there's going to be context and whatever I'm sure but um but I was I was surprised by that I don't know I thought the scene in her house in Chloe's house was just threatening enough um mostly because even when he was sort of saying the right things there was that like loose cannon energy (laughs) Where you're just like, oh, no, like when a certain kind of person walks on a train, like a lady who seems perfectly normal and she's just carrying her shopping bags or whatever, but she just has this energy where you're like, nope, got to back away. My spidey sense is tingling. It was like, he's that guy times 10. Um, And I think it worked really well. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, like you said, he's saying the right things, but like the eyes are not right. Yeah, not right. Not at all. Yeah, I think mainly like the reveal rests on Rankin's ability to sell it, which is what happens. Um, I don't 
I agree with Allison that there are details to be revealed, and that's sort of what I'm waiting for, is, like, the fleshing out of how all this is going to work, and worked in the past as well. Um, one of the things that my partner and I discussed when we watched this episode is, wait, how did Palucci have all his teeth? <laughs> he shot himself in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> That's that's not a that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a weird sort of thing of like this is a very poorly staged crime scene, even for a sh- TV <laughs> show. Um, there are things to unpack here of crime scene forensics people, um, but I think that the misdirect of hiring someone like Lachlan Monroe who plays Palucci and is someone who's very recognizable as the guy who did it <laughs> yeah, and in any, any other number of shows and then having him just shuttled off this mortal coil with, to make room for now we can bring Dan into the fold and some other sort of give him some stuff to do that isn't irritating Chloe or irritating Lucifer or telling Chloe she can't do things. Now he's got some sort of intrigue and I'm curious to see like what kind of development that affords him and how that, shifts his character a bit more uh since he still for me feels very peripheral to a lot of this storyline even as they slowly try to integrate him i still constantly go do i need him does he feel essential to anything that's happening and for the most part you could scuttle his character and i really don't think that right now anyway we lose a lot um which is fine but the show clearly has a good sense of how it's pacing itself and how it's pacing these sorts of character beats. And I need to be a little more patient. <laughs> well, the thing that I think helps with that is, is that like, like we said at the end of the previous episode, right? It's the kiss, kiss, bang, bang, like your case and my case, they're the same case. Right. Yeah. So the fact that we know that the, all this Palmetto stuff in, for some reason, it has a connection to Amenadiel, which then connects it to everything in the the I don't know the the angel hell demon side of things, and that's clearly some they're going somewhere with that, and I know where they're going, but you guys don't. And at this point, <laughs> at this point of it, um, of what we've seen, I think it would be like I have forgotten about that shot in the hospital in the second to last, the previous episode, right. With the minute deal, I had forgotten about that shot that that was even in there. And so I certainly, when I watched this the first time, I didn't catch that or remember it. Cause I was just distracted by Rankin being funny. And then just like with Dan, just so squirrely and ridiculous and maniacal in their scenes um, that I immediately just separated them again in my mind. And so for me, it's going to be fun watching this time through to to see if there are more of those threads that I had previously forgotten about because I just am so used to separating out the case of the week stuff or like the cop stuff from the the Lucifer Lux, you know, family drama stuff. Um, that it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if there actually was more stuff, more connective uh, like connective tissue that I had forgotten about. So yeah, excited yeah. about that. Are there any other corners of this episode that I have forgotten about so far? Is this the episode where he basically tells that he and Mazer he and Mazer are like done? Oh yes, yeah. yeah. We, should, we gotta talk yeah, about this that. This is this episode. Yeah, no, this is that's like probably that is sort of like the last kind of thing. Yeah, I because think. of Doctor Kanan. Right. Exactly. Right. 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 So yeah, that 
I'm curious to see how all of that plays out in terms of why Maze hasn't been able, why Maze hasn't left and like struck out on her on her own in terms of, well, no, you're a demon on Earth. You can have plenty of fun things to do, but you're like bound to Lucifer in this way. But what does it mean when the person you're bound to says we're done? Um, and so, and plus, she's got Chekhov's angel wing in an Altoids tin. Uh, so, yeah, I'm again, like, there's a lot of, all right, we're entering, like, the second half of the season of a 13-episode run type of setup stuff happening. Of when, when do we start tying those threads together? And I'm excited to see those threads kind of come together. Um, maybe not as much as I am excited to see them, like, execute a good case of the week in a lot of ways, but I'm still excited to see how they pull that together. But, yeah, I think that that scene in which they, which... Ellis and Brant just really do a good job of that scene, and I think it's I think it's a good test of Brant's over overarching loyalty of I'm protecting you by doing a thing that you did not tell me to do because this is for your own good sort of thing. I'm still protecting you, just in a different way from how you've expected me to do that, and that's a deeply human sort of thing to do. And which is something that Lucifer points out in a in a roundabout way of like humanity's not the only one that's getting affecting me apparently, <laughs> and I think that that's that's an interesting sort of emotional concept that now I'm ready for Maze and Doctor Linda to have very long discussions about. <laughs> well, I mean, we already saw earlier this season, right? How important it is that she anticipate things that Lucifer might not think are a problem with the right. whole like beat up all the bad guys um, who are about to shoot at children. Um, so clearly, he doesn't have a problem with her doing this when she guesses right. <laughs> um, but this is one where she, you know, it's just because it comes down to that difference in where he's wanting to explore this like humanity and this change uh, in his, like how, how he's feeling and, and how he's interacting. And he's doing that with Dr. Linda. And that is something that he is fully embracing and she is opposed to just right off the bat. And so, Whereas the other stuff that she has probably, you know, I think we can anticipate the other things she might have done in the past, they would have been on the same page about. And so it's just like him being yay danger and and her babysitting him from afar is appreciated in that mode. Here it's not. And trying to like, it, it's similar for me as the thing with, with Dan, where she's like, okay, so you guys had sex. And he's like, no. Why do you think just putting me naked in my ex's bed would mean we had sex? And she's like, oh, that, that always works for me. Um, like, she, subtlety is not Maze's thing. And so the notion that that this, you know, she's surprised that he's so upset. She's surprised that um, this did, did, didn't did work and, you know, that he would react so um, vehemently, I think, is in character. And also she is not. She's surprised, but she's not actually surprised. I think that comes through in Brent's performance. I really, because Maze hasn't gotten that much to do besides just be fun and be a mood. And I think that a moment like her reaction there shows that Brant can do a lot more when they give her more to do. So hopefully we'll get more from her soon. I was sort of wondering, maybe I missed something um, because, you know, I watched this episode while somebody was apparently building a house upstairs <laughs> Um, did they ever explain what happened 
when Maze went to sort of peek in on Chloe while she was sleeping and we saw her demon face? No, that ha- I don't think that's resurfaced yet. Okay. No, she just um was deciding whether she was going to do something and then she decided not to and she left. Okay. All right. Um yeah, I was just sort of wondering if that was a thread hanging or not. I think I must have missed that. Anyway, um no, it was uh um an interesting wrinkle because, you know, to me, I can see how from both perspectives, how one person would view these things as being sort of equivalent and how the other obviously would not. Um, so, uh, yeah, when you compare it to something like the ninja maze moment, it makes sense that that is a sort of anticipating of need that Lucifer would be okay with. Whereas, um, Maze wouldn't have any frame of reference to recognize what a vulnerable thing therapy is and what an incredible violation that particular breach of trust is, not just that she's teaming up with someone who's working against him um, uh, in sort of like a common foe kind of way, um, but also knowing what it means to deal um, with yourself in this like intensely vulnerable way. Uh, yeah, I can see why she wouldn't think that those things were all that different. But at the same time, she was sneaking around about it. So she must know. There's, I, it was it, it was more layered than a frankly inevitable revelation would have seemed. I'm surprised that it was resolved so quickly, like Noel, but um, I'm glad. Uh, and it'll be interesting to sort of see what happens next. Um, because there are that story then ends two ways, right? Either... There's a confrontation and he somehow gets Dr. Kanan out of the building or then he gets to sort of be a mole um, and like feed him bad info through the thin wall, through the hole that he punched in the wall. <laughs> um, just like speak right up to it and say things that aren't true. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what comes of that break. Yeah. And uh, I think that the other thing to remember is that if the show wanted to go a different way, and had different priorities and Dr. Linda was going to end up as a villain or something, then it would have been like, Oh, thank goodness that you were taking care of watching out for me again, Maze, like you always do, you know? Right. So I, I think it's also, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously just making excuses for Maze for a gargantuan betrayal of trust, but I, you could see how the, the, the show, um, you could see how the, how the character would, not yeah. understand yeah um so if anybody in the chat has any questions or things you wanted to to bring up or have us talk about uh, f- f- uh, please feel free to, to drop any questions and things and thoughts in the chat but um i feel like there's a couple little details we haven't mentioned that we should and i enjoyed the the, the group therapy i enjoyed the um <laughs> like that the implication that he's like just like said everything so like, was that before or after you burned your wings? And like, like, yeah. and I enjoy that. He's like, yeah, keep up. There's all these things. And I also like probably one of my favorite lines of the episode was the, the reveal with the trunk full of poop. And, and there's like, I got a friend who has a horse. Yep, and that like, was the, my favorite line in the episode too. Like, <laughs> that's that's so oddly hard. comforting. Yeah. That, that there was some, there was some fun here. Did you guys have any other yep. little moments like that you wanted to shout out? I mean, I think just generally I was impressed that they managed to take such a, a potentially intense topic in 
jealousy and infidelity and all of that um, and subverted a little bit in making this guy a therapist that people responded really positively to because mm-hmm. he just seemed at almost any other show he would have been a serial predator and like really sleazy oh, would have had a field day with this guy right <laughs> yeah um but instead they do something that's a little bit more interesting than that but it's also a, like a romp like it was the most romp like episode so far i think where it was like hijinks and it's just that some of them happened to involve you know a potential suicide like it was very tonally interest and it the fact that it worked i think is uh very impressive and i the the trunk full of shit scene is a perfect example of that she was so sad she had all those bags of horse shit god that smells never gonna come out of her no it's not it's just how did she drive like did she drive all the way back with that and i and i buy that it would have happened because those are the kinds of terrible decisions you make when you are bereft right like when you are at a total loss when you are heartbroken and angry and all and all of those emotions are all mixed up in your brain people do very strange things um and it makes sense to me that so in some part of her brain that was logical was a trunk full of horse shit and now for the rest of that car's life she's just every time she gets in her car she's gonna be like god i can't believe i almost did that i'm so glad i got arrested can you imagine can you imagine if i had actually thrown shit at that woman i was I would so be the many bags. Thrown shit at that person <laughs> i it would be on the news it would be all over the internet i would never be able to google myself ever again i'm so glad <laughs> that they stopped me it was great yeah. you think they could smell it before they open the back marcus says yeah yeah you really do it, like through the glass you could smell that many bags of horse manure for sure <laughs> tanya says she was committed she sure was a very yes. committed I, I do want to second something you're saying, Allison, though, is that this is a very sex positive show and it's something that I appreciate. I'm still waiting for a show to do a plot line or an arc about like a, a polyamorous couple or something like that. That is actually a positive representation. Um, they like flirted with the idea uh, on Insecure and then went the exact beats you'd expect. Um, but that I feel like if there was a show that was going to do something like that, it would be Lucifer. Like I, I would trust them with that kind of a storyline um, based on things like this, where they're like, actually, no, most of the clients, this worked out great. Um, and uh, mo- most of the clients were very happy, actually. Uh, it's just, you know, there's a small subset that, you know, because why do you go to this guy if this is not a solution that is going to be like, that's going to be a deal breaker, then you wouldn't even go to this therapist for couples counseling. Um, and uh, SB says that Shameless had a pretty good poly triad for a bit. That's good to know. I haven't seen any of Shameless. It's one of those like big glaring gaps in my in my viewing. But yeah, um, and, and that's something that I just, again, I it shouldn't be as rare of a thing, but it's something that I do appreciate sex the sex positivity of the show in general. So, yeah. Well, any final thoughts or anything you guys are hoping for in this last, you know, chunk of the season as we head into the back, what, four? Five? Five, right? Because we've got tomorrow and Nine, then... Nine, ten. Or then. ten and then three more next week. So, yeah. a week, basically. A week. Um... I'm I'm really hoping that Palmetto gets wrapped up this season. You can please tell me Palmetto gets wrapped up this season. Okay, yeah. good. Because um, it shouldn't carry over in any way, shape, or form into another season. Uh, so that's sort of what I'm hoping for. Um, 
But I also like know that like I know that Trisha Helfer starts showing up in season two, and I'm looking forward to that because I cannot wait to see what this show does with her um, and what she does for the show. So that's exciting. But I'm I'm really interested in seeing them sort of continue this development into like a full fledged sort of ensemble and how that uh, gets um, fully baked. And so. Even even though it doesn't necessarily feel like a Netflix pilot season show, mm-hmm. um, parts of it still kind of feel that way uh, to me, which is ironic considering it was on Fox first. Yeah. Um, SB was very excited to hear that Trisha Helfer shows up. And yes, she does. If you know who they're uh, like the character, anything about the character, don't say anything. Yeah. No, I don't know anything okay. about the character. I just know that she shows up. Yeah, because like I even the casting or, or like the fact that she shows up, she's terrific. Um, but the the character her it's her name is Charlotte, but um, yeah, it's it's really fun. So I was hoping that would be a surprise for you guys, but oh well, that's fine. That's fine. I feel like I knew what she who she was playing or the character she was playing, but also it feels so long ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I, I mentioned remember. it back when I was first binging the show. Yeah. Um, but yes, no, she's very good. Of course, Trisha Helfer. Um, I uh, have also been waiting for Trisha Helfer to show up. I don't know anything about the character <laughs> she's playing. Um, but the three phases of me deciding that I finally needed to watch the show. The first was the near constant when it's in season and sometimes when it's not in season. Uh, Latoya Ferguson parade um, of reasons to watch Lucifer. Uh, the like it predates hashtag get stumped and that was like her cause for quite a while uh, but one of the things the thing that really popped out is she said something about how good Trish Helfer was in an episode and I was like wait Trish Helfer's on Lucifer she's like Allison you have no idea you have to watch it that was one two <laughs> was the cameo in Crisis on Infinite Earths and three was obviously this um so so she was the the first of three horsemen <laughs> um so that was the one point I wanted to make second I'm I'm I want more Trixie. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I want. And specifically, I figure inevitably they have to do the, oh no, Chloe just lost her babysitter and the only person she th- can think to call is Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lucifer has to hang out with Chloe and there's some sort of emergency and whatever that, I mean, that's inevitable, I'm assuming. Or um, some ev- case at her school. Something, right? Like yeah. a more Trixie-centric episode. Um, and I also want um, Chloe's mom to mm-hmm. get involved. Yeah. So um, those are the things that I'm looking forward to. I, lo- I love a good, all right, child trope. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah. There are um, fun episodes around both of those themes. And I will not tell you when they're happening. But I will say that just like I'm going to like just lower expectations for later in the run because there's a lot I really like about season four. But Trixie's like not in it. And she there are swaths of season three that she's not in very much. And it, I'm always sad because more Trixie content is better in in my opinion. I, you know, you, I, you all know I'm president of the fan Children club. actors, man. Children <laughs> actors and their laws that protect them from working too much. <laughs> man. Yeah. Just- Tanya says I love when Lucifer pats Trixie like she's a puppy. yep yep it's good stuff it's good stuff well thank you to everyone who showed up uh to hang out in the chat and that's today that's lurker and marcus and tanya and sb always enjoy having you guys there and uh the next episode so we're gonna be back tomorrow to talk about episode nine which is a priest walks into a bar and uh you know i i 
quite fond of this one. So we'll see what, what y'all think about that. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk more Lucifer. So thank you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye.